We live in a world where people want uh, absolute certainty and uh, things that are black and white and not so much shades of gray. But the one thing I've learned uh, as an OD and HR practitioner is so much of what we do is squishy. It's just hard to kind of put your finger on, to get your arms wrapped around. And that is, in many respects, uh, what this day's, today's episode is about. Uh, it's entitled, Being Fully Human Goes Mainstream. And the, our conversation is about the shift or the trends towards humanizing organizations and leadership. And very quickly, Joyce and I got very irritated. Like, why did this take so long? And at the same time, we were optimistic. There's a gift here. Uh, the COVID gift is, is having companies and having leaders realize they have to show up and create the small D environment where people feel welcome, people feel seen, people feel appreciated. So we're both irritated and optimistic. So today we explore why humanizing organizations and why now. Uh, we'll talk about the role of HR and OD and seizing the moment and to lead this change. Uh, we'll talk about this concept of memory yarn, always kind of shifting back to your original form, uh, which creates the headwinds uh, uh, against this trend. And then, you know, this is the squishy part. We'll distinguish feelings and being soft from being fully human. So uh, come into our irritation, come on in, grab a soothing snack. Welcome. Hey, Bob. Hey, Joyce. I'm laughing Hi. because we tried to start once and I kind of choked on my coffee. <laughs> so, and I'm laughing. I'm, I'm laughing at your misfortune. I'm like, hey, let's roll. <laughs> I know you were going to do it no matter what. I'm going, no, I'm not ready. Um, but what's uh, ready has got to do with anything, people. If you oh, wait till yeah. you're ready, it's too late. Oh, gosh. Hang up. That's my thought for the day. Yeah. So there it people, is. Yeah. So many people are reluctant to jump in and just go with it without having all the things buttoned down and all the T's crossed and I's dotted. So, yeah, sometimes it's worth it just jumping in. By the and time learning. you get all that done, your opportunity is gone. In today's world, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, um, I've been both looking through old materials and, and things that we did wanting to create an, an opportunity for us to um, give people handouts if they want them on designs that we've done and for training or whatever. And I'm both excited and irritated <laughs> because I see all the language that we use, like humanizing the organization. Um, why am I irritated? There's a couple things. First of all, we were, I didn't realize we were so on the bleeding edge as opposed yeah. to bleeding edge. And darn it, it does take about 25 years for an edge idea to get too close to the middle of anything. And we're not even close to the middle. And if you look at diversity and, and inclusion or really giving power to the associates to determine strategy in the future and all that. So um, when I hear, or I can't remember where I saw the article on a big change in the era is mm. 
consulting with your employees about what to do. Huh? Uh, (laughs) Radical, radical thought. Whoa, you wild and crazy leader. Um, So I both celebrate that it's become mainstream, becoming, the language is becoming mainstream. And um, think, oh, I know what I think, actually, when it irritates me, it just shows the strength of a paradigm, which was the command and control or the kind of military, that how hard it is to really shift that. And and you work to unfreeze an organization so that it has to get more fluid to take take new shape. So a lot of what we did was that, but there's the gift in COVID. You know, it's I unfrozen. I, it's unfrozen the organizations. Oh my yeah. gosh! You don't have to be holding hands to do collegial, collaborative work. You don't need a building. You, you, you know, do I need a magnet, baby. You I, do need a magnet because <laughs> that magnet people are pulling away from that magnet. You, you know, Joyce, I I don't know so much that what you're describing is is, is is well, no, but it's as much generational. Mm-hmm. Meaning, if I, if I think about the, the arc of my career, when I first started out, uh, being six foot five, muscular build, male, articulate, charismatic, that, that was kind of the, the standard bearer for becoming a CEO or a top executive. Um, and then when that fell out of favor, uh, the whole notion of being a competent leader and someone who's strategically connected mm-hmm. with the business and can make good decisions and can read the market uh, became, you know, it, it kind of replaced. And that a lot of that was the command and control, meaning I know better um, and therefore I will lead from the front of the room. And, and I'm not so sure that the next generation um, won't get um, what you're describing. And, and I know that feels like an off the hook. It's like, okay, until we die off, we're just going to be dealing with uh, leaders that don't get that empowering people, listening to people, pushing decisions down um, is kind of a having them nice win when Having them, have everybody win when the company wins. Yeah, yeah. So it just fascinates me how, <laughs> how dumb they were. <laughs> because none of this is about feeling alone. Yeah. It's I, that's the other thing I'm worried about as we riff our way through this muddy topic uh is it's and we're not calling for organizations or leaders to be soft. Soft is not fun. To be a human leader is also one of the most satisfying human things is having somebody trust you to do something grand and coach you in doing it, not in making it easy, but in helping you do something really tough that matters. So I I worry about that that kind of swing. And I just think there's a Saturday night live skit brewing in that. Well, well, you know, if you think about it. You can bring your pillow to work. You can bring your dog to work. Bring (laughs) your pillow. What kind of milk do you like? (laughs) It is so not about being soft. What what amazes me, if I look at uh, the the research and science 
mm-hmm. uh, that's emerged in the last 20, 25 years. And they talk about emotional intelligence being the X factor, the number one factor that distinguishes top performers from uh, less than performers. And it's not intelligence, not experience. It's the ability to connect with the environment, with the people, to see things, to be open to, to insights. I mean, that's emotional intelligence. And, and to me, that's where the evidence is irrefutable, but there seems to be this kind of natural gravitating back to uh, some of the, the ways that no longer work. I'm, I'm thinking when you're saying that, because a big part of emotional intelligence is self-management. Yeah. And well, when you look at the CEOs that we worked with, how did they self-manage? Was it by shutting down their emotional response? As we talk about being, well, my, my, my thing that I wrote, my, my new leadership model is yeah. called fully human leadership, which also allows for anger. But, I like uh, that. Yes. Um, it is. It's, it's the one that's uh, some guy that I didn't know that came out of nowhere wants to make an assessment out of, out of my model. <laughs> and I said, nah, I don't think so. But regardless of that, where was I? I don't know. We were talking about emotional intelligence. and Oh, the, the self-management piece. Yeah. The self-management piece. So what, what does that mean? in the old way and what would self-management mean in the new way? Well, let, let me, um, let me take a, a stab at it. Uh, if, if I think about self-management or self-regulation, uh, it, I have experienced leaders that are very good uh, in terms of uh, uh, their equanimity when dealing with difficult situations. Mm-hmm. It may have been me messing up. It may have been the organization yeah. making a big mistake and somehow uh, regulating what may be their initial reaction, anger or striking out or mm-hmm. finding someone to, you know, to fire and yeah. instead really stepping back and, and leaning in and saying, I want to understand. I mean, I think that's worked. Uh, in the past, and I certainly think it's needed now, where I'll go to the other end of the continuum. I've worked with leaders that uh, literally are fully charged and emotional and reactionary, like no, no, sh- the shortest of short fuses. And, um, you know, the ripple effect of that kind of behavior is really, I think, harmful to the individual and the organization. So I'm thinking, if you think of a and another time we'll talk in depth about sure. it, but about, about a continuum of be a fully human leader. Yeah. The self-management piece is knowing when to use ring to the fore empathy, when to bring for soothing a company, when to bring for a demand for courage. And so it, it's not being only fluent at one end of the continuum. Yeah. It's- no, it, it, it is. I mean, just listening to you reminds me of when I was in charge of uh, a bunch of stores. I, I, I remember so vividly that 
every time I went into a store that either I've never visited or if I visit today, I'm not going to ever get there again. I always uh, contemplate what does this store, what do these employees need for me to show up as? And, Mm -hmm. you know, what does this organization, this store need from their divisional VP to become a better uh, Mm -hmm. store? And in uh, in 45 minutes. And yeah, and and it was all about self-regulation because sometimes it was disaster. Mm. Sometimes the results were horrible. The last, uh, the the stores poorly operated, and I can go in and and throw crap around and fill, uh, you know, grocery carts with rotten produce, um, but that's not what I think uh, was needed then. So it's, do you see how I'm using the example? To yeah, to no, I of, do. You know, and and you're right. The continuum it. The, the, the self-regulation and being fully human, it, it kind of cuts through the entire continuum. Because there is a time to throw produce. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, I once had a DM that crushed the bread table uh, before <laughs> my very eyes. <laughs> <laughs> the, wonder br- the wonder bread guy wasn't happy. I, I kept putting this uh, bread rack too close to the meat department uh, case. <laughs> and, uh, and, and unfortunately, my guy to clean the floor has always edged it a little bit closer to the meat case. <laughs> so I had a DM that just literally went to push it off the floor and it kind of accordioned and <laughs> squished all the bread. Of, <laughs> these, I, I, of these kinds of interactions, businesses are made or broken. And it's oh yeah, true. yeah. Oh and yeah. Now, I mean, as, as now a we get grandiose. We need to come back to the crushed bread. <laughs> well, I, as a twenty-two-year-old, an impressionable twenty-two-year-old, I was I was devastated. I had a I had a new baby, and I'm thinking this guy's going to fire me over a bread rack. But I guess where do we go? I'm losing us from our topic, but uh, it's well, just an example to- of an extreme. Our topic is. Let's see if we can get back to it. Is the need for what organizational development and HR brings is certainly coming to the fore. And it's coming to the fore in a way that I'm thrilled about. Mm. In fact, I was thinking the other day, there's so much good conversation going on as much as bad about taking it from spiritual conversations to revamping, redesigning education, this turmoil has so much opportunity in it because our institutions were so petrified as in petrified stone and um, because we weren't staying flexible enough to realign them as it as we as time went by so this this big upheaval yeah isn't is needed it is needed that it's going to be rough. I, uh, it can. Oof. The energy is is building. Well, you know, management in people is going to be essential when there's so much chaos, and you want to hang on to some one truth. Yeah. yeah or one you know, way. Let, let's um, let's cut some slack, uh, or at least I, I'll cut some slack. There are a lot of organizations that are already living this, and yeah. and it's a part of their values and their culture. Absolutely. And and more often than not, they're smaller, uh, kind of emerging organizations. But I've I've experienced um, small organizations that do exactly what you're describing needs to be done with leaders 
that are humble and human and, yeah. uh, you know, their ego is totally in check. So, you know, it, how do you infect, uh, particularly if you're an HROD practitioner in a company where that's absent, you know, how do you start injecting and, and kind of tilling the soil to have the organization shift? Or is that, or is that just a futile effort if the leaders? Aren't no, there? it's never. No, listen to the <laughs> emerges. It's never totally futile. However, what's good, and you and I are going to talk more about this. The OD um, network has created a model of the discipline of yeah. OD slash HR because I think they overlap, and having that. It will be a great tool also to use to explain to people that you're not just soft or you're not just a team builder or you're not just a large event, that there is a kaleidoscope of skills in the OD discipline Yeah, where one will have to be come to the fore more than another for a while and then the other is more. Maybe it's more one-on-one facilitation at the top. But I think that's going to, uh, having that is going to be really helpful to showing people how you do a culture change. You're using this kaleidoscope. Yeah, I, I, my hope is, and I'm, I'm excited about going through the, the OD competency framework, yeah. uh, because I think if, if I look at most of our conversations from 2021 talking about how badly organizations in this world need some enlightenment. And uh, uh, I, I think the access point for ODHR professionals is through that framework. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. And also it, it helps you know what you're doing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you are here. Like, oh, yeah, you are here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's- And you weren't risk. just having a meaningless conversation. You were tilling the soil for Pete's sake. Yeah, and and I think having that systems approach, mm-hmm. and I, I, I'm reacting to you're like, oh, we we do these little very cute small group sessions, and we mm-hmm. do pep rallies. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Everything's in the framework of where you see the system shifting or where it needs to shift. And absolutely, you, you just don't throw willy nilly things out of it uh, to to get there. So I'm I'm excited about it. Um, and I think our listeners uh, will be excited too. That's my hope anyway. Yeah, and I'm saying that I have more hope than ever for what OD is going to bring. There's not a doubt in my mind. I, yeah. uh, as, as good as I think uh, we were and our colleagues were, uh, there's an, an emerging... Uh, uh, OD practitioner leaders that uh, not only do they get it, but uh, they're they're courageous in pushing the organization. So I'm excited about it, and I'm excited to be a part of the conversation with them. And I hope someday that there'll be OD people working, especially in government institutions. I want to go in and fix. You know, it. I, I you know, I wasn't going to let you end. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I, I, so yeah, I mean, uh, if I look at federal government, state governments, city governments, towns, uh, they're all at the end of the day, organizations with people in them that are either 
you know, becoming better or not. And, and uh, using antiquated methods. Well, and if you think about it, the more, uh, if I think about OD in its purest sense, it's about the betterment of civilization. It's about the quality of, of people in our society. So there is kind of an overarching, um, perhaps uh, it may be a little bit too far up there, but I think that's part of why we all get into OD. Well, a member of the board at a company I worked for looked at me and said, you're dangerous. You have an ideology. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I do. Yeah. And I really do. And it works. <laughs> so, but, oh, she was, she, oh, she hated what we were doing. And she was, um, so that also shows that old school doesn't equal white males. Yeah. This is, yeah, it's very sophisticated black woman who thought I had some ideology that was dangerous to companies. Can I end on a naive note? You know what? Let's hear it for naivete. Yeah, let's That's hear what it. hope is. Hope is very well, naive. You know. Um, or so willing I, to be. If, if I think about our hope for OD stepping into a new space, mm. um, I could argue that, that individuals are so disoriented from not being attached to organizations or being attached to certain clubs or churches and, and they gravitate to like a moth to the flame, to the, the fringe elements and, and get uh, uh, roped in. And I'm thinking organizations should be magnets uh, for people that want to do great work and want to belong and want to connect and have relevance and meaning in their lives. So, and prosper. I, yeah, and prosper. And I think we've lost yeah. some of that. And I think that's you know, that's my hope for OD is that it, it will make not only their companies better, but it'll make our, our you know, society better. Yeah. So there you have it. Well, here we go. Off and we're rubbing our hands together. We're, we're ready for 22. Our... Oh, yes, we are. Come I on, hope you 22. can feel the energy. So here's Whoa. till next time, everybody. See Say ya. goodbye. Joyce and I hope that you uh, enjoyed today's conversation and took away a few nuggets uh, as you look at your own leadership and more specifically what your organizations need to compete in this new environment. So it's a new year and January's almost half over. What gives here? Uh, and we set up at the end of today's conversation what's going to be our next few episodes where we jump in to OD's competency framework, essentially how OD addresses and makes the positive impacts that they do on an organization. And our hope is whether you're an OD practitioner or an HR professional or a leader that works in an organization that you can glean some knowledge about this squishy thing that we call OD and what we do to help organizations improve and be better. Look forward to it. Have a good day.